We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory and this podcast is brought to you by Emprise Bank. You deserve a bank who is going to champion your ambitions and give you the help that you need. Like when you're down 24 to nothing in the playoffs and you come back to win in blow-off fashion behind an elite partner. Emprise Bank can be that partner. They are your partner in possible Emprise Bank member FDIC. We are back here and thank Emprise Bank for bringing this to you. We, we're not doing this without them, so we thank them so much. I am joined by my good pal. You can find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina, Maddie Lane. Maddie, how are we doing today, buddy? Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm a little tired today. I've, I've been, you know, spent a lot of time outdoors lately and it's starting to get real hot over here in North Carolina. It's a little toasty. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of sweating happening. Been a lot of working outside, but I'm doing good. We, we are this close to getting like some real football talk. Like I can taste it. I can see it on the horizon. We can finally quit arguing about something silly about whether leadership matters or doesn't. We can finally move on to real football. I'm so excited for that. Craig, I mean, I, I just need you to tell me how excited are you to get a talk about something almost real in football terms because it is just training camp. I mean, I, I am amped to devour every small morsel of information that we are going to get from training camp from those of us that are there from those of uh, those media members that are tweeting things out i'm going to eat every single one of those and just absolutely engorge myself on all of that information like i do absolutely every year and then all of course all that stuff changes rapidly because it's training camp and there's lots of rotation but how about you maddie are you are you that level of excited about training camp i mean you know there's there's a high probability that i'm gonna be there one day or maybe two days you know during an early part of training camp so with that said yeah i love going to training camp i think it's a lot of fun I know there's been some people talking on, you know, Twitter, just Chiefs fans, just talking about how they don't like the sit setup of Chiefs training camp anymore compared to what it used to be. I'm not one of them. I love going down there. I don't care how many other people are there. I love it. And yeah, I'm probably that annoying person that's talking to my friends the whole time during it, just telling them what I'm seeing. Sorry, guys, if you sit behind me or next to me, you might hear me just talking the entire time, but I have a lot of fun doing it. So I'm excited for this. And yeah, I get to see a lot of my good friends when I get back to Missouri. That's true. That's true. That's true. I am the same way. I'm going to sit there and just 
chat about everything that I'm seeing, usually talking about what the defensive line, offensive line one-on-ones are doing because that's my favorite drills and all that. But once again, you may notice that our good pal Kent Swanson is not here with us. Um, He is at home with his new baby boy. Um, We are, we congratulate him and his family. He will be back very soon with us, but he's obviously taken a little time out before training camp and all of that to spend some time with the family. So we wish them the best. We congratulate them, but it is time to close out our season preview here because Three of the final five games are divisional opponents that we've already covered. We are not going to cover those teams again, and we are going to dive into the last two cheat teams on the Chiefs schedule that will, you know, that we haven't talked about already. So this is the last one of these, and we'll be full on into training camp after now, this. Hold but on, before you get started, well, do you think there is any chance we can anger the fan base of either of these two teams more than we, specifically me? angered Tennessee Titans fans I don't think so from what I understand (laughs) I I believe the Tennessee Titans fans are just so diehard and so so uh, passionate about their team that I think that there's no way that we can anger either one of these teams although passionate fan bases not trying to say they're not passionate but Uh we will get this started with the week 16 game at Arrowhead Stadium um it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, a perennial AFC contender. It seems like maybe has fallen off the wagon a little bit here, but let's start with the quality of the roster. And I, I, I look at this roster. I see some good receivers. I see some really good receivers. I really like this receiving core. I think that Najee Harris is going to be very good as a running back in this system. I think that he's going to work very, very well. I, I like a lot of pieces on this defense as well. Obviously, TJ Watt is one of the premier defensive ends in the league or edge rushers in the league. And I do like, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick, another elite player there. But I think the two biggest question marks, and Maddie, maybe you can correct me here, this offensive line and this quarterback. Like, I, I think there's so many question marks about those two things that could really cap the ceiling of this team. Yeah, I think if you're going to look to poke holes in this Steelers roster, it's going to be right. I I think you have to start with Ben Roethlisberger. What does he still have left in the tank? Like they had that undefeated stretch to start the season, but even as they were winding that down, just everyone could tell that Ben Roethlisberger just no longer has the arm for the NFL. He does not have any zip to his passes. It doesn't matter what the situation is around him. There's just no juice left in that arm. Everything he does has to be a quick underneath pass or he has to float some deep balls. And he found some success with that, especially throwing the Chase Claypool downfield. But mm-hmm. it just doesn't look great. He, when you see these workout videos of him, my guy looks like Paul Bunyan's like cousin trying to go out there and work out. It's just it, He looks like a guy that needs to be done playing football on the field and off the field. And now you look at the offensive line in front of him. This is by far the worst offensive line he's going to have had in front of him for his entire career. So now all of a sudden you're taking a guy who no longer shrugs off three 280-pound defenders per play and slings the ball into a tight window, but you have a guy that's going to have no protection and he really needs to get his entire body, which is a lot, into every single throw to make it work. 
Yeah, and the situation exacerbated by the fact that David DeCastro uh, got cut recently and rumors that he's retiring. I don't know that I ever heard the full conclusion to that, but they went and signed Trey Turner to kind of fill his spot. A a downgrade, not that I hate Trey Turner, but a a downgrade from the player that David DeCastro was. There's just a lot of questions on that offensive line. So that leads to the question, you know, is this going to be a situation where this coaching staff can elevate the talent at some of these positions? And when you look at this coaching staff, what do you see, Maddie? Well, I, we talked a lot about the offense. I don't even think we got to the big question mark on defense. I We're not, we're Chiefs fans. We're not the yeah. biggest Steven Nelson supporters in the entire planet. I think <laughs> most Chiefs fans just saw a lot of struggles from him here, whether it was scheme-based or his own play. But he played well for the Steelers. Like I, I can admit that. He mm-hmm. played well for the Steelers over his time there. He's now gone. So they're relying on an old Joe Hayden, who's clearly lost a step. And then they're going to put Justin Lane into the starting spot across from him. And then Cameron Sutton's come on a little bit as a nickelback, but yeah. not great. So they've lost a lot of guys in that secondary. So that's going to be a question mark on the defensive side. But as far as the offensive side goes, like Matt Canada not the strongest resume to be an offensive coordinator. Not that he's going to be bad. There's not a lot of backing. This is his first, well, he stepped up as the quarterback's coach for the Steelers last year, and you saw how their game turned from the deeper passing attack to the quick game. He's now the offensive coordinator. And with Mike Tomlin there, that's essentially going to be his show. So it's a relatively big unknown. The offense with that offensive line, with the quarterback play, and now the offensive coordinator – that's a lot of question marks. The team's going to have to be carried by a good defense and their defensive coordinator, Keith Butler. I think Craig's going to tell you how he hopefully can lead him to them to that. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers talked Keith Butler into coming back. He's been with the team forever. You know, he's the linebackers coach under Dick LeBeau. So a guy who's intimately familiar with uh, Blitzburg, essentially, you know, he he's going to send the house. He's going to blitz a lot. He understands how all that works. They talked him into coming back, signed a one-year deal here. So it's not like they they had him come in and they they got long-term plans for this. They had to talk him into coming and doing this. He was fifth in the league in points last year. And there a lot of that came from the pass rush. Uh TJ Watt and Vic or not Vic Beasley. Uh man. But Dupree. Thank you. My goodness. I my my brain just misfired a synapse there. Bud Dupree, you know, those guys did really well rushing the passer. They were able to lock guys down, again, with Steven Nelson, Joe Hayden, Cameron Sutton. These guys actually played really well, but it was Minka Fitzpatrick joining this team that really kind of flipped the script and was able to, you know, kind of amp up this defense to play to the level that they were capable of. Now, Bud Dupree's not there anymore, and Steven Nelson's not there anymore. So there are questions, but... Keith Butler is a heck of a defensive coordinator. Now, he's going to have to maximize those guys because he is down a few players they weren't able to replace to the level that you would kind of hope that they are. But I do think that this is probably still, you know, a top 12 probably defense just because, you know, I think Keith Butler's that good and guys like TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick are just huge difference makers. So, now we're going to talk about new additions here. Um, uh, there's not a ton of them on this team. Uh, they they didn't make some of the big splashes that you would guess. I, I, I'll i go ahead and talk about them because I talked about them already. Najee Harris uh, was their first round pick this year. I, he just screams Pittsburgh to me. You know, this just very hard-nosed, 
good catching the football as well. Just kind of has all these elite traits for a running back. Now, he's got some mileage on him, you know, as most Alabama running backs do. But this team has needed somebody that they could really rely on and and you know have be the guy for this offense you know they've been searching for it since Le'Veon Bell left they you know James Connor's been around but he he's not been able to stay as healthy as they would like so they've had to siphon some guys around I think Najee Harris is going to come in and be that guy for them immediately and that's going to be that that element that Ben Roethlisberger is going to need you know to kind of check down get out of some of these situations where he can't trust his arm as much he's still a smart guy that can extend plays Najee Harris is going to be that guy maybe late in the rep, late in the play that's going to be able to catch something and be able to do something with the ball and in some open space. And so like Craig said, there's not a lot of new additions. It's essentially their draft class. And then, you know, it's kind of some depth guys added to the depth chart. So I'm going to have to stick with the rookie, but I'm going to go with Kendrick Green, a third round draft pick, offensive center or guard, but looks like he's going to be listed as a center competing for that starting center job out of Illinois. I love Kendrick Green as a prospect. He's a super athlete. I I understand, you know, we're Chiefs fans. We know that Creed Humphrey tested as like the elite of the elite of the elite, you know, center athletes of all time. You cannot watch him and then Kendrick Green and tell me you don't think Kendrick Green's a better athlete on the football field. He just moves in a way that offensive centers don't. He's giving you immediate, you know, Jason Kelsey movement vibes at that position. So I think it's an interesting fit with him on a Steelers offensive line that in the past has been so physical, has been big mauling guys. They're clearly going through some turnover there. And it's not that Kendrick Green can't play that style. He's just a super athlete. I'm excited to see if he can take that starting center job. Because if you get him starting, he's playing in between a Kevin Dotson and a Trey Turner. I do think they can salvage that interior of the offensive line. And then your question marks only at the tackle spots. But if Kendrick Green can't earn that early starting spot, that's that's going to be another big weakness on this team. They're mm-hmm. going to have you know inconsistencies on the interior and to tackle. So that he's a, he could be a big linchpin for them in the season. All right, Maddie, let's talk about some players to watch for this Steelers team. You go first. We I, I think I think I know where I'm going. I hope you don't take my guy here. Well, I'm going to have to go with the guy filling your favorite edge rusher for the Steelers' shoes and Bud Dupree. So we're going to go with Alex Highsmith. And actually, we're going with him because I think he had a really good year last season. I think it kind of flew under the radar because he was a rookie that got a lot of hype by, you know, some big name draft guys leading up to the draft. Not everybody understood it, though. And I think he went to a really good situation. The Steelers are really good at taking these kind of tweener, undersized edge rusher, linebacker combo guys and turning them to productive players. Alex Highsmith really showed some skills. He showed some traits. I'm not saying he's a the same level of athlete as Bud Dupree, but if you go back and remember just Bud Dupree's kind of transcendent play from year to year to year, just how it was getting better and better every season, if Alex Highsmith follows a similar path, his second year could be really, really good. So I think he's going to be pivotal to bring that extra rusher across from TJ Watt to help continue taking some pressure off of him. You know, Cameron Hayward's getting up there in age. They do need somebody else to have been step onto it. Can't stay healthy most seasons. They need another guy in that mix. It was Bud Dupree. Can Alex Highsmith replace him for this defense? My guy, I got to go with because I love linebackers. Devin Bush. One one of the very best linebackers in the league. I've read I tweets. Mean, I'm off. I'm all the way out. I can't. Oh, oh I no. Can't. I can't. Oh, I'll tell you what. I, I love the way that Devin Bush plays the game. 
I mean, he's got that old school thumper mentality when he's having to play against the run, that that kind of, you know, Ray Lewis style flying around, just hitting dudes, being able to stack blockers, ridiculously smart guy, but he's also good in coverage as well. So I, I use, do get to see both elements there. He's one of the, one of these guys that is becoming more of a dying breed that could be a true three down linebacker and be an impact player on all three downs. And, I was so jealous when they went up and they got him and all of that because he was one of my favorites. And I wanted, I didn't want him to be in the AFC because I wanted to be able to really root for him. But Devin Bush was one of my guys coming out of that draft. And I, I just really love that his game has translated as well to the NFL as it has. So, well, and I hope for this sake, because I love him coming yeah. out of college too. So I do <laughs> hope that he recovers from his injury last year and he comes back and kind of has that big right. third year boom, like Roquan Smith had, you know, guys like that. <laughs> Just, I unfortunately and i don't usually like to judge players based on their off-field stuff but just some of the stuff that he's tweeted out is so off the wall and it just you know it concerns me on his ability to maybe to continue to pick up the game of football quickly because it's some wild stuff i listen never never meet your heroes just just watch them from afar that's uh, that's what i gotta say about all of that so real quick here maddie how does this team beat the chiefs the defensive line stays entirely healthy. So that includes, you know, Stefan Tuitt stays healthy all the way through the year. Cameron Hayward's feeling good. Tyson Alou, Alou continues to have the same resurgence that he did last year. So that defensive line's rolling. TJ Watts having another defensive player of the year, you know, kind of play. And then Alex Highsmith does take that step up. And all of a sudden you have this dominant pass rush snap after snap after snap, similar to what they had last year. And they just happen to catch the Chiefs on a B minus level game. That pass rush takes over and feasts on, you know, Orlando Brown maybe doesn't have his best week. Mike Rimmers or Lucas Nying at right tackle doesn't hold up. This pass rush just controls the game from the beginning. Yeah, that's where I was going to go with it as well. There are very few players in the NFL that can take over a game on the defensive side of the ball. TJ, TJ Watt is capable of that. He really is capable of wrecking a full game plan. And then on the other side of the ball, if the Steelers can get, you know, some 50-50 balls to go their way with Clay, with Chase Claypool and get Najee Harris going, I think that this game could end up being close, but it does start and end with the defense there. So, Maddie, with that being said, who is your Chiefs non-Mahomes MVP against the Steelers? Listen, I started this by saying that I was coming off the Devin Bush, you know, bandwagon because of his tweets. So I'm going to have to go with Travis Kelsey matched up against Devin Bush in coverage game over. You want to put Terrell Edmonds on him? I mean, come on. I've seen Terrell Edmonds attempt to cover. No, it's not happening. I don't think Cameron Sutton has the size. I don't think they have a player that can match up with Travis Kelsey. They will play a lot of zone against you. He eats that up. Travis Kelsey's going for a buck 50 and two touchdowns in this game. Easy. Now, my guy that has to play at a high level for the Chiefs to really lock this game out is a guy that probably won't get any MVP votes because of the position that he plays. But it's a guy that's fresh to Kansas City, much like our pals at McAdoodles want to be coming up here, Orlando Brown Jr. Orlando Brown has a chance to put his stamp as one of the top left tackles in the league if he can go out and shut down TJ Watt, shut down Alex Highsmith. He, this is going to be a good rush tandem. So if he can line up 
and lock down both of those guys. He's not going to post the gaudy stats. He's not going to have all these things that are going to make it look like, you know, he he's racked up all this stuff, but he would be my MVP if he keeps Patrick Mahomes standing and clean and show why they brought him to Kansas City, just like we need to bring McAdoodles to Kansas City. If you are a franchisee, not even just in Kansas City, let's just get them everywhere. This, this place is awesome. They've got great customer service, great selection. They are opening a new store in Osage Beach, Missouri, down by the Lake of the Ozarks this fall. It's going to have 13,000 square feet gas, liquor. When you're going to the lake, that's the spot you got to go. So go there. Let's get one of these to Kansas City and wherever you are. If you're a franchisee, get a hold of McAdoodles, info at McAdoodles.com. All right, let's get on to week 17 here against the Cincinnati Bengals at the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's talk about the quality of this roster here. Um, it's a roster that's in, in a little bit of term, turnover. I mean, let, let's be real here. The, the Cincinnati Bengals have not been good for a while now. They've had some fringe seasons where they've, where they've been a little bit feisty, but overall they haven't been especially good. They had the number one overall pick in the 2019 draft, Joe Burrow. They went and got his running mate from LSU in this draft, Jamar Chase. So they're trying to build this up. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, they've got some weapons out there, and they're trying to build a little bit of an offensive line around them. Jonah Williams, you know, last year, a draft pick. Um, they, they signed Riley Reef this year. So they, they've made an effort to try and improve things in front of Joe Burrow. I, I think that there's just, there's still a lot of pieces, I think, missing. And I think there's a lot of average pieces. I think everything's got to kind of break the right way for this offense to look the way that I think everybody wants them to. I, I think it's possible. I'm not saying that it's not possible, but I think that that entire offense kind of has to play a little bit above their means for them to be the kind of competition that they want to be this next year. They look like they're trending in the right direction. Like it's clearly it's this whole roster, but especially the offensive side of the ball has taken, you know, a step up from last year. So is the defensive side of the ball with some of the additions that we'll get to here in a second. So this team's going the right direction, but it is still very clear why they have not had, you know, or why they've had back-to-back -back really early draft picks these past two seasons. And it goes more than just some bad injury luck or some, you know, questionable coaching the roster hasn't been great. They're still working on filling out some places. You know, the offensive line looks like it's finally starting to come together, but you have so many young guys on there that you don't expect mm -hmm. it to all be done this year. Same thing on the defensive side. They have a lot of young guys at key positions that will need some time to kind of round into form. So I think the whole roster is going in the right direction. I think it's very clear that you can see the path they're trying to take, the kind of team they're trying to build. It's just, I think it's going to take another year, maybe two after this. And, and when we get to the coaching staff here in a second, we'll have to talk about if they're going to make it there because it has not been a great start for Zach Taylor and company. It really has not. But yeah, before we get to that, this is... One of these teams that I, I look at, I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, they could be salty. Like I could really get, get on board with this team because I do like the, the draft picks, you know, doing the draft guy the last three years, a lot of the guys that I've really liked in the draft, they've gone out of their way to go get them. So there, if there's a team just full of draft picks that I've liked so far, it's the Bengals and I'm kind of cool with them being good, but 
yeah, Maddie, why don't you talk a little bit about this coaching staff here having to maximize a lot of these young players? So Zach Taylor kind of caught a lot of flack or the Bengals caught a lot of flack for hiring Zach Taylor <laughs> for essentially being friends with Sean McVay was essentially the way the joke was positioned. And while that's probably a bit aggressive, you know, at this point in time, are we sure that wasn't the reason he got the job? Cause it hasn't been great. He doesn't, he hasn't had an offensive identity with this team. And I understand the talent's been poor. There's been injuries. It's been kind of hard to nail something down. But you watch the Rams, no matter who's out there, there is a very clear identity to that team. Zach mm -hmm. Taylor has not brought that offensive identity to the Bengals. So what have they done? They've brought in Brian Callahan for the offensive coordinator, who did, he was one of the guys that kind of helped get Matthew Stafford to play a little bit more consistent, get him a little bit better in some of the quick game stuff, quit trying to throw the home run hero ball over and over again. He did some good work under John Gruden with the Raiders. He's proven himself to be a quality kind of quarterback coach that can get the best out of guys. So I like this move for Joe Burrow's development. It's just who is going to have control? Is Brian Callahan going to be able to kind of help set up the offense that he's seen utilized well in the past? Or is this still going to be Zach Taylor's kind of mashed potatoes offense that just is throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks while he's trying to emulate, you know, Sean McVay? I, I, think, the, I think the way that you judge a coaching staff, especially one on a team like this, is how shocked the fan base is that everybody was retained. Like, I think that's the part that when when they got done with the offseason here, like everybody was retained more or less. There's a couple of, you know, assistant coaches that got let go. But, you know, the 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 trio at the top, those are the guys that stayed. And Lou Anarumo was their defensive coordinator. They brought him back this year. He was not good last year. He really was not particularly good last year. He was a defensive backs coach at the Giants before that and at, at the Dolphins before that. Didn't really get the most out of a lot of the places that he went. I, he stayed with the Dolphins for about five, six years. But again, that was kind of in the time period where the Dolphins weren't super good. And it just, there's nothing really for him to hang his hat on. And... I think a lot of Bengals fans, and I mean, just from articles that I've read and the few that I've seen on Twitter and, you know, the like, I think a lot of them wanted one of these coordinators to basically be moved on from. It makes sense that they would keep Callahan to try not to, you know, shutter Joe Burrow's development. But that I think that they were a little bit disappointed to see Anaromo retained. So we'll see what happens there again. Lots of young guys. Maybe he can turn the corner and maybe this defense can, you know, kind of be on the upswing here. So let's talk about a new addition for this team. And I'm going to talk about a third round draft pick for these guys. A guy that I think that we that were doing the Casey draft guide would have been kind of a little bit okay with the Chiefs taking at the end of the second round. Um, Joseph Osai. Uh, Joseph Osai is kind of a unique player and that he doesn't have the typical you know length requirements that Spagnola was looking for he's a little bit smaller you know a little denser stockier but good explosion good athleticism I think you saw that show up on tape really good hustle motor that's never stopping and I, I think that he's going to endear himself to the Cincinnati fan base. I think it's players like that. It, if, if the Bengals have done anything, they've identified good pass rushers and put them in positions to succeed over the recent history here. So 
I'm very, very anxious to see Joseph Osa. I think he's going to get a lot of reps for this team. They've got some other guys that he's going to mix in with, but I think he's going to get a lot of reps, maybe play some linebacker a little bit, but might just be kind of a spot duty pass rusher. But I think he can make an impact in year one. When he's one of the two guys they brought in to replace Carl Lawson. The other guy's mm-hmm. Trey Hendrickson, who's coming off of a huge year for the Saints as a pass rusher, had his you know career season going into his contract year. So I understand why they paid him a lot of money. I think Trey Hendrickson was a little bit of a product of his situation. So that'll be interesting to follow for the Bengals. Like, how's that going to look when he's now essentially their best pass rusher and the guy that's accounted for? I would love to talk about him more, but I have to pivot. I have to talk about Mike Hilton. That's the, that's the other cornerback that I referenced that the Steelers lost last year. Mm-hmm. Watching the Steelers down the stretch, I, I have a hard time not believing that Mike Hilton was right up there with TJ Watt and Mika Fitzpatrick as their best defensive player. He was phenomenal down the stretch for them, you know, in their playoff game. Like he played really, really well. I think he's one of the better nickelbacks playing in the NFL right now. So the fact that he left the Steelers not only weakens them a lot, but jumping over to the Bengals, who's secondary now without William Jackson III, up in the air a lot more. It's Jesse Bates and, you know, who else is going to take the job? I think Mike Hilton's going to add some veteran leadership there and some quality play. So, you know, they brought in a fair amount of guys. I think Trey Hendrickson's the obvious one, but Mike Hilton's somebody to keep your eye on for them. Yeah, yeah, I like that one a lot, actually. Okay, so let's go here, Maddie. Who's your player to watch for this Cincinnati Bengals team? Well, I appreciate you letting me go first because my guy to watch is Akeem Davis Gaither, uh-huh. my <laughs> one of my biggest draft crushes of last season. And when he did, was able to play for the Bengals last year, I actually did see some good things, heard some good things from the fan base. You know, he clearly has some stuff to work on. He's a little undersized. That plays in the NFL now, though. His coverage skills, his movement ability, it works just fine. I do think he flashed enough that if you're a Bengals fan, you feel pretty good about him going forward. If you're a Chiefs fan, you know, you're slightly salty on the inside because here's a guy that, you know, just everybody that ever watched him or talked to him loved him. He ended up going to the Bengals. A lot of teams passed on him, but he ends up at the Bengals. He's just a really fun football player, and I'm really pulling for him to continue to have a better career. My guy is Akeem Davis Gaither because all, he was everybody's draft crush. I mean, you couldn't like you could tell in the draft process when guys got to uh, the Louisiana was it Louisiana Tech? It was the Louisiana Tech game that he. I played. think it was Louisiana Lafayette, wasn't it? That's what it was. It was yeah. Louisiana Lafayette, but you could tell when everybody got to that specific game because all of a sudden it was just like, oh. <laughs> Akeem Davis Gaither, you say, you know, like it, he, he was really good. No, my player to watch is Jesse Bates. Maddie mentioned him. He's the leader of that secondary. And I, the guy that the, the Bengals took in the chiefs original draft spot. Don't do this. Freeland speaks. Jesse Bates has been top shelf. Uh, he's been one of the better safeties in the league the, since jump street for this team and he doesn't get a whole lot of pub because he plays on a poor team and he doesn't get a whole lot of help on this team but he has just been exceptional on the back end for this team he's been a true impact player back there for them and i think you see some of these some of these people who know a lot about football that you know really break down film and stuff like that you can see when they get to the Bengals again, just like we talked about with the Keem Davis Gaither, they start watching. And it's like, oh man, Jesse Bates is really good. We need to be talking about that guy more. I'm I'm just anxious to see him on the field again because he's such a good player. He's such a quality player, a guy that we all loved in that draft. But um, he's been 
ridiculously good for this Bengals team. I expect that to continue. So, well, I got to throw in a, you know, for oh, yeah. you said you're like, you said you like the Bengals a little bit or the roster, just kind of a fun roster. They mm-hmm. might win over some other Chiefs fans if somebody goes and looks at this depth chart. They got a lot of local guys, you know, Wyatt mm-hmm. Hubert out of K State, Puka Williams out of Kansas. As our great friend Kent would be very upset if I didn't mention Jamar Chase once a <sighs> commit to Kansas for some reason. Everybody's a commit to Kansas if you talk to Kent. <laughs> They have a whole host of just kind of Big 12 or Midwest players on this roster. I just thought it was funny that they had so many, you know, Kansas, K-State kind of guys right mm-hmm. there. But I think there might yep. be some, if you're looking for a second team to root for and you're a fan of, you know, the local teams, this is a team you might like. They have a lot of guys that have played in the area, Chiefs fans. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of linebackers I liked. I mean, Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, guys like that, that I, I've just been fans of over the past year. Craig, I noted just, Logan Wilson fan. Hey, listen, listen. I, I liked Logan Wilson enough. How about that? I was completely cool with the Chiefs taking Logan Wilson. So, now, big question. Maddie, how does this Cincinnati Bengals team beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, if you're the Bengals, you're hoping that you're still playing to showcase for your coaching staff that they should come back next season. And you're Mm -hmm. hoping the Chiefs have locked up the first seed in the playoffs or they have locked up the second seed with no ability to get the first seed and they play their backups. You're playing for something. They're not. And you just hope that, you know, you can out execute them based on talent because your starting roster should be a little bit more talented than the Chiefs, you know, majority of their backups. It's just this coaching staff scares me. So it's going to be a tough road no matter who the Chiefs field out there. I do like that Maddie hasn't adjusted to the 18-game season yet, and he thinks that the Chiefs are maybe going to rest well, you know. two weeks. <laughs> I love you know, it. I, yeah, that's, that's obviously what I did. I definitely didn't confuse week 17 with game 17. Yeah. No, definitely didn't do that. No, the way that this team wins is – I. I I just think that they got to find something like it's got to click and it's all got to click. Like I said, they've got to play above their means. And if they want to beat the chiefs, they got to play well above their means. I just don't know that they've got enough game breaking talent, at least on paper, what we're looking at right now, enough game breaking talent. I like Joe Mixon. I like Jamar chase. I like T Higgins even, but I don't see those guys as being maybe Jamar chase, but I don't see those guys as being like true game breakers that are just going to tilt the field in their favor, you know, no matter who it is that they're playing. So I just don't know that there's a a real solid Avenue for this team to really be that unless they just find something in the middle yeah, of the season. If Joe Burrow recaptures his kind of LSU glory right before yeah. he came into the draft with Jamar Chase, T Higgins, we didn't even mention Tyler Boyd, who's been really well. And this offensive line adding Jackson Carmen to Jonah mm-hmm. Williams and Riley. It's like this offense is shaped up so they could put up points. Like now that I realize that the Chiefs may have to play this game for some reason, you know, they <laughs> might have to be forced to put up points and it would be purely because of Joe Burrow's ability to throw the ball to these exceptional weapons. And then these guys go and make plays for this team. It's just going to be really hard to do that for the entire game and match what the Chiefs can do once you look over to this defense and see where they are lacking some talent. Yeah, as much as we like this defense, they just don't have the bodies to to, to run with the Chiefs there. All right, Maddie, let's get this knocked out here. I know I know what it's going to be. I know exactly what it's going to be. But who is the Kansas City Chiefs non-Mahomes MVP against the Cincinnati Bengals? 
So I think Mike Hughes is going to be very important for this one because he's going to be going up against Tyler Boyd playing in the slot. Like he's going to be in the slot having to be matched up against one of, you know, the more productive slot receivers over the past few seasons. I think by this point of the year, Mike Hughes is going to either be forced into or have earned that kind of starting slot defensive back role. And I think that's good for the Chiefs. So this is a chance to showcase everything he can do in that position. First quality talent as the Chiefs are kind of leading that final push into the playoffs on their way to another Super Bowl. Hmm. Well, my guy that I think has the potential to be the Chiefs non-Mahomes MVP it's Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's coming back to Cincinnati. He He's a guy that, you know, is just going to be an impact defender in every game. Frankly, I'm shocked that I haven't picked him every single matchup that we've talked about. It, it just should seems have. like a, a no-brainer that, that I should pick Travis Kelsey. He's coming home. He's going to be amped to play in front of this crowd. He really is. And this linebacking core, as much as I like elements of him, they're just not going to be able to hang with them. And I don't think that the, the Bengals have a safety that can really hang with them either. They don't have a cornerback that they'll want to put on Travis Kelsey. I just think this is a game that Travis Kelsey eats in front of a hometown crowd for him and has a ridiculous game. Man, I should have thought of that one. I, oh, I, should, should. I should have thought, I, I, what was I doing? Like I, I don't know what you were doing. I mean, man, that's a good one. Give me, <laughs> hey, Craig. That is going to do it for this week. This week on the KC Laboratory, we thank Emprise Bank again for sponsoring us. We thank Macadoodles for sponsoring us. We thank all of our sponsors. So really appreciate you guys checking out the KC Laboratory. If you like this, you want written content, we've got that kcsn.substack.com. If you want this gear that you see Maddie and I wearing tonight, it is on kcsportsnetwork.com. There is a link on there to the shop. Go there, buy the gear. Stay tuned, man. We got we got big things coming. We're not done at KC Sports Network. We got stuff oh, coming. And if you go to that shop before September 1st, there is a day one option, a, quarter, a very nice quarter zip sweatshirt with your name on it. And you get that bad boy and you wear it to any future KCSN get events, meetups that we may have in the future, you will be absolutely taken care of. I can assure you of that. It will be well worth it. And it looks really nice. We've seen a couple people have sent pictures in. It's comfortable. It feels nice. You're going to want to look good while you're on your way to maybe getting a few little extra benefits. Yeah, you might get some extra perks because you're a day one guy there or gal. So we thank everybody for listening, for subscribing. We'll catch you next week. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.